for two. Kickers are extra, I give them the boot. Ooh. Going for two. Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew. Ooh. Now I'm reclining while putting my time and I'm ready to go. My spine is aligning and much my my lineups, my bank account grows. I am so rich, but knowledge is all that I'm leaving here with. Ooh. Listen to this. Multiple options, how far can I get? Ooh. DFS Dynasty Redraft, and I am not finishing last. I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last. What else? This spot is popping, and I am so locked in, and only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking. And all of these spots keep on talking and talking. So, what are we talking? What kind of alignment? And running it deep, even players forgotten, or came from the bottom, or hitting that topping. And this spot is popping, yeah, this spot is popping. And woo! This is the arm chat. Yeah. Put up your arms, yeah. Sound the alarm, yeah. What is going on, guys, and welcome to episode 289 of the Armchair Fancy Show. I'm your host, of course, Jeff Lambert. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. We are live here every Wednesday and Friday night on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch, and, of course, syndicated on all major podcast networks. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Mr. Ryan Searfoss. You can follow him at Foss534. What's up, Ryan? Uh, not much, man. Just happy to be here and... Have actually have two shows in one week for like first time in like three weeks. Nice. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. I've, I've been slacking for the last month. It's nice to be back in the rhythm again. Good stuff. All right. Uh, joining us tonight for the first time, Mr. Rob Norton. He's a staff writer for Last Word on NFL and Betting Predators. Uh, you could follow him on Twitter at Norton0723. What's up, man? Not much. Not much. How you guys doing? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. So give us a quick rundown of what you do in the fantasy space and, and kind of how you got into it. So, yeah, um, going way back, I used to just write like articles for our like long running home league. And, you know, a buddy and I did it and then stopped for a while. But like they they requested we do it again. And then uh, so I started doing that again, probably four or five years ago. And then they told me they're like, you know, you should just put these out. So I started a blog, started doing that. Um, I've always loved fantasy sports, fantasy football. So did that. And then, um, yeah, uh, last word for on NFL and last word for on sports uh, reached out to me, asked if I wanted to write for him. So been doing that uh, past few years. And then uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Chris Dell reached out from betting predators, asked if I would do a couple, couple uh spots a week for them and um do a do a dfs uh, podcast with them weekly so started nice. doing that so yeah that's that's been uh, the journey so far good stuff so it didn't sound like you set out to to be in the industry you just kind of kind of uh slowly sort of worked your way in here yeah yeah it wasn't like something that i wanted like way back in the day um i always loved fantasy sports and i i always did pretty well i thought at least um now I was always pretty profitable like every pretty much every sport every year so as time went on I just kept thinking like I was like I want to test it you know myself against better and better competition doing more and more things and then um you know the honestly the writing the articles kind of helps me me with my research process too so um you know it was helping me and putting out my thought process and people started reading more of it and so i was like uh, might as well keep doing this make a little money on the side good stuff good stuff all right let's get into the show here hey you know what Fuck you all right it's bleep you wednesday uh we'll go to you first rob give us your uh your bleep you player or coach of, of the week Whew. i'm gonna go with the New England Patriots, just in general. Oh man, <laughs> I, 
I don't know about you guys, but I had I had three matchups that were like pretty close coming down uh, to the wire Monday night, and I was I was projected to win all of them, and I only needed eight points in one league. I had New England defense and Nick Folk got me six, <laughs> so that was one <laughs> of them. Um, the one for Jacoby Myers was was the closest one. I needed fifteen PPR points. Uh, he got me eleven point four in that <laughs> league, so that was another tough one. And then I needed. Uh, five from the dst and uh they got me four so <laughs> lost lost all three Ouch. yeah it was it was, a, it was a tough one that's brutal I, I didn't have any any uh fancy stakes in that game but i did do some parlays that killed me i was playing all the unders and, and it just yeah <laughs> just did not work out so well that game went yeah. way way over shout out to the only patriot who everybody should have is Ramondre stevenson yeah exactly <sighs> yeah. if you listen to the Pretty show much. you know yeah <laughs> definitely all right ryan what you got for your bleep you uh, Strike London. Like, he gave us his first three weeks such a tease, man. He got us excited. We thought he was getting that huge market share. He was balling out. We saw that 20-point game week two, and then we had five and five. He had one point this week. Get out of here, man. Like, it's terrible. Like, I don't know if the QB change is going to... I don't know what they need, but it's a nightmare. And I saw it. Like, I had that taste of what he's capable of, and it makes it hard to bench him because... Yeah. He should lead their team in targets. He's their most talented player, and it makes sense for him to get the ball. So I want to keep him in the games because of common sense, but it doesn't work out that way, and it's just such a tease, and I hate him, and I need to talk myself into benching him everywhere. <laughs> yeah, the, the Falcons are one of those teams that, I, you know, I get them on red zone, right? So you see them when they're in the red zone, but this past weekend, for some reason, they, they played it a lot more, and it seemed like the the Falcons just want to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. And even when it's, it could be like third and 12, we're going to run the ball again. It's like so bad. I mean, it's good for them because they're actually successful at it. At least lately they have been, but uh, yeah, it's, it's brutal if you own any passing options in that offense, like, you know, Kyle Pitts and and Drake London, terrible. Terrible. All right. So my bleep you Wednesday is actually a repeat uh, for the exact opposite reason. So a, a week or two ago, I had DJ Moore on my bleep you because he was been been playing terrible, uh, and I had bought into him a lot in my dynasty leagues. I had him in my redraft leagues, but now I finally benched him in my dynasty league. <laughs> I dropped him in my redraft league. Uh, as luck would have it, the person that I'm playing against picked him up and played him against me, uh, and that was the difference in the game, really. If I had just kept, even if I kept DJ Moore on my bench and, and they had just played their regular people that they had, I would have still won. Uh, but the fact that DJ Moore was on that other team and, and put a bunch of points up and beating me was pretty brutal. Uh, and then I started Michael Gallup thinking, oh, Michael Gallup's back, you know, Dak Prescott's back, this should be good. I put Gallup in there over uh, DJ Moore in my Dynasty League, and he got me a big fat zero. So, yes, uh, DJ Moore, you're on the list twice this year. because <laughs> Not good. Not good. All right, fellas, let's get to the news and notes. News and notes from around the league. News and notes brought to you, as always, by Underdog Fantasy. It's single game and single week best ball leagues. Uh, if you love fantasy football, nothing better than weekly best ball leagues. There's no need to wait to the end of the season if you won. Uh, you can get your payouts every week. Uh Download the Underdog app for iOS or Android and use our promo code GF2 and get a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. Underdog is the fastest growing fantasy sports platform on the market, and there's a reason for that. So see what all the hype's about. Get the app, download or use our promo code GF2 and start winning. All right, so I want to jump into this uh, this whole Jets thing here. Obviously, we know Brees Hall goes down with the ACL. 
Uh, they trade for James Robinson. And then they also have this drama with Elijah Moore mixed in there as well. So I'm going to go to you first, Rob, just on the whole state of the Jets right now and, and what you think of the, the, the trade and what you think of the Elijah Moore thing. And it's, uh, it's definitely interesting. There's a lot, lot going on for them. Uh, they've been surprisingly good this year. So um, losing Brees is a huge hit. Uh, he was, I mean, he was breaking out in a huge way. And then uh, a lot of people were talking about him as being the, even the 1.01 next year. Uh, so it's a brutal, brutal loss there. Um, I don't know how I feel about the James Robinson uh, thing. I was pretty low on him heading into the year, uh, just coming off of a major injury. And he started out so hot and then slowed down. So I'm not sure what to expect. Um, I kind of still think I prefer Michael Carter. Um, I think, uh, you know, he's still going to be the pass, pass down guy for them. Um, they haven't been thrown to their backs a lot as is, though. So um, I was hoping, you know, Carter will just kind of take, take the uh, whole role and uh, run with it. But I do think uh, J-Rob's going to be uh, heavily involved there, too. So... I don't. I think it's going to be kind of a mess, honestly, moving forward. And then the Elijah Moore thing. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm hoping Elijah Moore can either get dealt. <laughs> so, because um, I I loved him, loved him last year, loved him heading into this year, uh, and it's been it's been brutal for him so far. So, I'm hoping uh, it, it can kind of tick up a little bit for him. Yeah, I was with Elijah Moore as well. I, you know, I didn't see this coming, but I knew right away the moment yeah. he asked for a trade. I'm like, that's not good. You're a rookie in your second year. <laughs> You've really done nothing in your NFL career. You're asking for a trade. This isn't the NBA. You can't you can't do that in the NFL. <laughs> your contract's not guaranteed. You could basically just be cut at any time. So yeah, I knew something was yeah. going to happen with the suspension, or they you know they basically benched him for the game. Ryan, what are your thoughts on the situation? I'm so tired of players at requesting trades midseason. It's driving me nuts. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I hate it so much. And people, all these players, just complain and bitching about it online. I feel so old saying that because I always want <laughs> players to get paid. But bro, your team's winning right now. It'll come. Yeah, like yeah. if you're winning, if your team sucks and you're not getting involved, complain. I, I support that. But if you're one of the better teams they see at the moment and you're crying about it, shut up. Um, but as for that offense, I think J-Rob will have a decent role just because he fits what Brees Hall did as a runner, like that between tackles guy when you have Carter Moore as that receiving role. So, yeah, I think it will call, like you said, a little bit messy. And we may have to play game script a little bit when you're picking which one of those running backs to do. If you think the Jets are going to play at the lead, in closed games, you want J-Rob playing from behind, obviously, Carter with his pass catching. So I think you have to play that a little bit more. But the still team's pretty solid because their team's based off of playing really good defense and pounding the rock, and J-Rob's perfect for that. So I think that'll be good in the long run for him. But, man, I want Brees Hall back already. I know. It's sad. I, it's brutal. My Dynasty yeah. League, I have... Uh... I have Javante Williams and uh, Brees Hall as my main two running backs. So I, 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 I traded for Brees Hall two days ago in a rebuild. I traded Derrick Henry for Brees Hall and hey, defensive player. It's not, it's not bad right now. You can buy low on him right now. But yeah, I had him as my RB1 and RB2 in my league. And so now I'm, I'm starting, I think, A.J. Dillon this week. So it's not good. Mm-hmm. Not good. All right, let's stick with the receivers here. We got two receivers, uh, one going out, one coming back. Uh, we'll go to uh, Mike Williams first. He's going to miss at least four weeks here. Uh, and I want to talk about the pieces that are still there and who you think benefits the most, Rob. I'll go to you first. Yeah, with the Mike Williams thing, um, you know, Keenan Allen should be coming back after the bye, too. So 
probably see him. I mean, assuming he's healthy, we'll probably see him take on a huge target share again. I mean, he normally does anyway, but with Mike Williams out, I would expect that. I would say, you know, Josh Palmer, but like he's been kind of up and down as is too. Um, it used to be kind of, it seemed like last year with, with Palmer, he was, you know, whenever one of them was out, he was, you know, stepping up in a big way. He hasn't done it as well this year. He's been a little banged up too, I believe. So, um, so yeah, I don't think he's as trustworthy as we're hoping. I honestly think that uh, it could help Gerald Everett's uh, target share a little bit too. Um, and especially, you know, the threshold at tight end isn't, isn't anything <laughs> right. to write home about. So um, if he can tick up a little bit too, uh, he could become almost a must start every week. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that. And just on that, that tight end note, uh, I think uh, Ryan McDowell put a stat out today or yesterday that uh, Greg Dolchik has two tight end one games. And the two games he's played, he scored 10 points, I think, in both games. <laughs> and those are tight end ones. So <laughs> that's how brutal it is. Ryan, what are your thoughts here with Mike Williams and who do you think benefits the most? Yeah, I was going to go straight to Gerald Everett. He uh, yeah. is four, he's fourth for tight ends and red zone targets uh, with eight right now. And Mike Williams is fourth for receivers with 10. He's the body type where those red zone targets are going to go for. I think that puts him in a locked top five tight end for as long as Mike Williams is out the rest of the season. And obviously Keenan Allen, if he's healthy, does Keenan Allen things. And Eckler, I think all the rest are just ancillary pieces that are going to be cool to talk about, but you actually don't want to start them because it's a dart throw, maybe a DFS long shot, but that's it for me. Yeah, I agree. And and, and I've heard some people on uh, Twitter talking about Eckler should benefit, and I'm like, you can't really get more than 16 has, targets a game. He, yeah, he has 61 targets. Right. Like, I don't know how much more he can get. Yeah, there's nowhere to go up from there. You're basically <laughs> going to keep it consistent, so I'm cool with that. But like, I think yeah. it's Everett, man. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Everett's the one that benefits the most. And, and Josh Palmer, like you mentioned, is probably going to be like a, a, a you know popular DFS play as long as he's cheap and DraftKings doesn't put him up too high. But uh, yeah, in season long, unless you're desperate or you're in bye week hell, um, Josh Palmer's probably going to be sitting on your bench. Yeah. All right, let's talk about a receiver that's coming back, uh, Mr. Van Jefferson for the Rams. Uh, I'll go to you first, Ryan, on this one. So, you know, we kind of thought A-Rob was going to step into that number two role and be that number two target. He hasn't done that. Uh, he did it a little bit right before the bye. Jefferson's coming back. He kind of showed some flashes last year. Any fantasy appeal here? Any any chance that he can become a number, number two option in this offense? Uh, receiver, not, not – I think Higby's the number two, but uh, a receiver. He could be, but like, do we really care about what their number two receiver is right now? Their number two receiver is averaging 3.8 receptions a game right now. Yeah, not good. <laughs> uh, after Cup and Higby, Cup has such a huge market share, it's hard for anyone else to get work. And yes, Stafford has that connection with uh, Van Jefferson from having some rapport with him. But this team is just throwing as quick as they can and just trying to get rid of the ball because normally the Cup. And Higby, he's going to be on the outside, and the outside receivers are just getting slaughtered right now because they don't have time to reach them. I don't know if Stafford's arm is doing that right now, so I'm kind of out on him. Yeah, that, that's kind of the point I was going to bring up, too, is he's that deep threat guy, and, and they can't even go deep right now because they can't get enough time. Uh, yep. Stafford's on his back before they can even get down the field. Uh, this what do you, is, not, what this is not the team of last year. Yeah, not at all. Not even close. What are your thoughts, Rob? Any interest here in Van Jefferson? Not really outside of deep leagues. I mean, 14 team or 16 team, like three wide receiver and flex type of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Ryan nailed it pretty much. Like he's, he's a deep threat 
kind of guy. He's not going to get, I mean, we don't really have much concern for the guy getting three, four targets a game. So like it's, it's, I mean, I'm sure he'll have a couple games here and there, some spike games, but nothing that you're going to feel like comfortable with starting every, every week. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, let's go to some quarterbacks here. We got uh, a new quarterback in Indianapolis. Uh, and honestly, you know, I, I wasn't doing a lot of scouting of this guy when he's coming out. Uh, so I don't know if either of you know anything about this guy. Sam Ellinger is going to be the starter. Apparently he's a scrambling type quarterback. So he's going to, you know, hopefully can do some things behind that offensive line that we thought was good. That ended up not being very good. Um, <laughs> I'll go to you first, Rob, here on this. What are your thoughts on Ellinger? And if you own any of the pieces of that offense, are you worried? Yeah, so I, I I don't know much about him either, other than the fact that he's four thousand on DraftKings. So yeah. <laughs> like, I, I I'll probably be at least looking there. I mean, that's that's stone men, so it's it's interesting. Um, and the fact that he runs. So, um, but other than that, I mean, I, it does worry me a little bit. Uh, Ryan, like, even though he didn't look that great, like he, I think he was like top at one point, I know he was top two or three in, in passing yards and he threw, he threw like 60 times in yeah, one game or yeah. whatever. Like, so there was fourth. a lot of volume. Really? He's still fourth. Yeah. I was going to say he's, fourth, he's up there. So, um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> if I have pass catching options, it does worry me a little. Like I had put uh, Paris Campbell in one of my like waiver wire articles pretty much earlier this week, but, and it makes me a little bit more nervous on him because I wasn't even like two sold, but he had, been coming off of two double digit target games so he was kind of interesting um so yeah i mean it does make me definitely worried a little bit to see what kind of uh, pass volume they have moving forward yeah and uh, kyle in the chat just kind of mentioned that he had uh, ellinger uh sort of ranked higher than uh, trask and davis mills who trask has not had a chance to play yet davis mills actually looks pretty decent uh so kyle just says he likes ellinger more coming out so that's something there Ryan, what are your thoughts? I know you do a lot of the the, the dynasty uh, rookie stuff on your other podcast. Uh, any interest in this guy? Yeah, um, I mean he's fine. Like super flex, you can roll him out there. He's kind of like the other former Texas quarterback, like Colt McCoy. Like I feel like Sam Ellinger has everything to be that like lifelong journeyman, that number two QB who you can throw in there. You know, play a safe game, not really make mistakes, and can run an offense. That's what he is with that little bit of running upside, which gives him a little bit of appeal in those deeper super flex leagues. But like normal one QB, no thanks. But if we have, if you need it, and I'm okay with that. Like I think he can get Michael Pittman the ball, and that's what matters to me. And that's yeah, then that's yeah. really it. So you you think Alec Pierce and and Paris Campbell kind of fall off the map, and it's no, just mostly I, Pittman? No, because this team's getting slaughtered and playing from behind. Hmm. Like, yeah. game script's going to make them pass the ball. Like, I think they'll still get theirs. And it might be good for Pierce. We don't know. If early in the in camp, when Pierce wasn't first string yet, he might have a rapport with Sam Ellinger. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's there's always that to think of. So I'm not out on that for him at all. But I think he's a safe, I think he's a safe quarterback for them who's not going to mess up. Yeah, I Rob, I'm going to go back to you real quick. I want to know what it does for Jonathan Taylor. You think they put any run pass options in there? I mean, obviously with that Matt Ryan, that wasn't an option, but you know, the <laughs> RPOs with Jonathan Taylor and this running quarterback could be interesting. Yeah. I was going to say it could definitely open some lanes up. I mean, we see it with all the other quarterbacks that can run a little bit, like it increases efficiency for running backs. Um, it might, I don't know if it will drop off the target share. I would expect it to, to um, I mean, 
anytime you get a statue quarterback in there, they're more likely to dump off to running backs or check down, especially vets. So it could maybe hurt some target share to running backs a little bit, but um, it might help the efficiency, especially if they put in that, that option and he is, he does have some success um, getting out on the edge. So hopefully for Jonathan Taylor, we see that. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I'd say, I think the running quarterback thing is a little overblown with him. Like, I think mobile and like he can run for four or five yards here or there. He's not like Justin Fields. He runs like Joe Burrow can run. Like he's athletic, like Justin Herbert. Like he can like create for himself. He's not out there running zone reads and just blowing by people where you really have to worry about him. Right, he's, he's just, just not. He's statue. just more mobile than Matt Ryan, which at this point in my life, I'm probably more mobile <laughs> than mean, Matt Ryan. <laughs> well, Jeff, let, let's not get too far. <laughs> let's not go too far. We're <laughs> <laughs> going a little too far there, but no, he 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 cannot die standing behind a line. So there's that for him. All right, last note I have here is uh, Christian McCaffrey. We talked about on the last podcast, you know, the potential of him being traded, uh, and then of course he was ended up traded to the 49ers. Uh, I know at the time, Ryan, we said that we thought it would hurt his value because he wouldn't get the uses that he was going to get in Carolina. Uh, they got him into the lineup immediately after like two days of prep uh, and then found ways to get him the ball with, with very little playbook experience. What are your thoughts now with Christian McCaffrey there? You, you, you still on the same thing that he's not going to get as much usage? I mean, I think he'll still get good usage. I think they'll rotate a little bit more. And like I saw you put in the notes, which you didn't mention here, about him not being used on third down two minute drills, which is completely overblown. Those are the two most like those are the two biggest times when you need to know the playbook very well, because a lot of that is you're in a hurry up offense. You're calling the fly. You don't have time to not know the playbook well. And I know that San Fran offense is a little bit complicated. So, duh, he's not going to be in for that. So I'm not worried about that. And with that efficiency in that San Fran offense, man. The more I think about it, he's going to be fine. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he needs that volume with the efficiency. Like, it might even out. Yeah, you're right. He's still a top five player for me. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Rob? Yeah, I was torn on it, and I was interested to hear what you guys thought, because I was kind of the same thing. Like, he's been so good because he gets so much target share. And like he's been a cheat code in that sense and so much volume and like going to a team like that where you have such good offensive weapons around him too, like it's almost a guarantee in my opinion that like his usage would drop off. But like Ryan said, the efficiency should go through the roof. You're going from like arguably one of the worst offenses, maybe the worst um, to one of the most efficient and one of the best run schemes and uh, you know, play callers in the NFL. So I was really torn. Um, I do think like it hurt. I, I think if he does get like go down a little bit, it would be more so in full PPR. Uh, like I think, um, you know, in, in the non PPR or half PPR, it doesn't hurt quite as much just because I think the biggest drop off could come with targets. Um, but like you said, we've seen no names, like guys undrafted six round late yep. round running backs, just, ball out in the scheme so now you get a guy this talented and i think shanahan is a smart enough play caller to understand like you got to get this guy some involved in the passing game too like i'd be surprised if he doesn't so you know i was i was initially kind of down on it but like i've come around more and i do think like kind of the efficiency spike should offset 
some of the uh, usage drop off. Yeah, I like it. I mean, Jeff Wilson's averaging five two at carrying that offense, yeah. <laughs> right? It's crazy, and man. That's and Jeff Wilson averaging five two at carrying that offense make them say, "Hey, let's upgrade Chris, get Christian McCaffrey." Last year, Elijah Mitchell whole season was four point seven, which is crazy efficient. Again, nowhere near the talent of Christian McCaffrey. Like it yep. makes sense for he should be so efficient. Like he might tip that six or six carry fight spot, which is damn near impossible. And you're doing that, you only need fourteen carries, yeah, and yep. three catches to have a huge fantasy weeks. Yep, good point. I, I think it's funny that the narrative has kind of changed. You know, coming into you know every season, everybody's like, oh, I don't want no piece of that Niners running back core because they got two or three, four guys that they'll rotate in there. And now everybody's saying. That Shanahan runs their running backs into the ground. That's why they keep getting hurt. And I'm like, you can't have it both ways. You can't you can't do it both yep. ways. So I, I think there'll be a good balance. I do think that Jeff Wilson will still be mixed in there uh, just to keep him fresh. But I do think Christian McCaffrey gets plenty of volume to be, you know, super efficient in that offense as well. As a fan, do you think that it's the like just the stylistically running is what causes that injuries? Like it's super strenuous, like with the cutback lanes. And the way they're making the shot like that one hard cut every time. Do you think that's what causes it? I I do, because when you when you're doing those cutbacks lanes, you're going against the grain. You know, when you're when you're running downhill, you're delivering the punishment to whoever's in front of you. But when you're cutting against the grain and you got guys that are flying down the field, uh, hitting you from the side, you know, those kind of things. That's I think where those injuries come from. And we saw that with Elijah Mitchell when he did that cutback, got hit in his knee from the side because. He cut back against the grain where people were flying all around. So, yeah, I agree there. It's harder as a running back when you're not the one delivering the punishment. Good point. All right, let's do some. uh, We're at, uh, you know, week number eight. We are now in the the mid-year. So we're going to do some mid-year fantasy awards here. uh, And we're going to take this, you know, strictly for the mid-year. So, you know, guys like Brees Hall that, you know, got hurt, unfortunately, won't be carrying forward. Uh, I, I, you know, I want to include them in this in this half of the year. So if today was the end of the season, uh, who would be your your award winners here? So the first one I got up here, and I'll go to you first, Rob. Uh, rookie of the year so far. It's funny you said that with the Brees Hall thing because I I was torn on it. I, uh, I wrote down even like I put Chris Olave, but I said I would have put Brees Hall. Um, and um, so I mean, both of those guys have been awesome, but I'll go with Chris Olave. Um, He's uh, currently wide receiver 13, um, but that's also including like Michael Thomas, who's only been out there for three games, and, and Hopkins, who's only been one game. So really, he's uh, wide receiver 11 on the year, full PBR. He's also um, number one in air yards, 153.7 per game, number one in air yard share, uh, number one in deep targets, uh, third in A dot, um, 11th in yards per route run, which I love using that metric. Um, you know, it just shows really how efficient a receiver is being. Um, and he's also ninth in receiving yards, and he's uh, the wide receiver ten in expected fantasy points per game. And uh, that was all after like I think he had a that first game he only had like single digit points, but he's ran ran off like double digit points ever since. And he's even you know he had that that game where he uh, left with a concussion and uh, yeah. missed a week, but came back and he's picked right back up where he left off. Yeah, and and even the quarterback change didn't hurt him. I thought maybe Dalton would yep. hurt him, and Dalton was just fine with him as well. So. Yeah, agreed. I think I had a stat. I think it was week two or week three. That week that uh, Tua went off for six touchdowns. Uh, that game, Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill, I forget what the air yards was, but they combined for, let's just say, 200 yards air yards. Alave that week had that much by himself. That's how much air yards he's <laughs> getting. It was insane. Um, 
Ryan, what is your, who's your rookie of the year? I don't even care that he's only been starting for two weeks right now. It's Ken Walker. He's been starting for two weeks, and he's already RB21. Mm. He is <laughs> absolute lightning in a bottle right now. He had a monster game this week. He had a huge game the week before for just getting started. Dude, he's a superstar, and this offense is revolving around it. And like I said, he did it that quickly in barely any starts. Wait till the rest of the season. I know it's midseason rookie of the year, but no one else was other than Brees Hall was really that impressive compared to what he showed in the last couple weeks. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, so I had Chris Alave, Brees Hall written on my list as well in that order. Um, I thought about Kenneth Walker. I just didn't think he played enough games. So the one name I'll throw out there. Um, I wouldn't give him Rookie of the Year. This is an actual award show, but just to put him in the in the, the conversation is Damian Pierce. Uh, I think he's had you know an mm-hmm. awesome season, That's especially from where is he where he was drafted and you know all that stuff. And he's taken that offense over, and and he's now you know a stud running back you can put in your lap every single week. So Damian Pierce would be my dark horse there. Uh, this next one here, I have a feeling that we're all probably going to have the same guy, <laughs> but uh, we'll go ahead and do it anyway. Comeback Player of the Year, Rob. Who you got? Saquon Barkley, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, as I say, he he felt like the the low hanging fruit here. So um, obviously, you know, people were scared off after the injuries the past couple of years and things. Um, but you know, he rose up late in drafts. But like according to Fantasy Pros, he still was uh, RB twelve um, in uh, ADP. I think he I think he was you know on underdog was a little higher. Uh, he saw I saw him like getting to like RB eight somewhere in that range late in draft season so but even still he's currently rb3 uh in full ppr he's like 21.5 points per game he's only behind eckler and jacobs um when you look under the hood i mean it's like he's pretty much top five and among running backs in pretty much every metric you want you want so um yeah i mean it's it's hard to uh do much better than what he's been doing uh coming back like this yeah yeah i had barkley as well ryan did you have anybody else besides barkley no, I mean, who else? Like, <laughs> yeah. like let's be real. Like, you want to you want to be creative on these events and like these things like this and these awards, right. but it's unanimous, man. Yeah, people were leaving him to dead off the same injury McCaffrey had to gun the one overall. I just don't get it. Like, he's a monster. Yeah, yeah. And wow, we have some uh, lovely people looking for lovely ladies in our chat. Today. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. Is exciting. <laughs> yeah, you this know, is, this is the new one. Yeah, when you get spam, you know you've made it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 this is the first time I feel like we've really made it seeing this fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> luckily, Something for everyone, I guess, right? Yeah, luckily Restream's got a, a block feature, so we won't see any more of that account popping up on our thing. Um, so, yeah, comeback player of the year. Obviously, Saquon Barkley is the hands-down winner. Uh, I just threw out, you know, one more name. Christian McCaffrey, I think, has been good. Um, I don't yeah. think we, you know, gave him the same, you know, hate that we did Barkley. Obviously, he was like number one, number two overall in most drafts, but I do think he still performed pretty well. W- weird. He got the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> and you give him this award. Weird. Okay. <laughs> I'm just mentioning him. I, I'm going with Barkley. I'm going with Bar- I just wanted to put a few more names out there. And I did have one more name written down that I don't know if it technically counts because he didn't play a single down last year, but Travis Etienne. Uh, coming back off that ACL. I know he didn't play, so you can't really come back if you never even played, but uh, I think he's looked pretty good off that injury. Yeah. All right, let's go with uh, most disappointing player award. Do we want this to be non-injury related? We'll go to you first, Ryan. I feel like I'm taking a little hanging fruit again. And it's Kyle Pitts. <laughs> like, he was going first round, second round, and he has just been absolutely 
absolutely atrocious. Yeah, I don't know. What to say. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing you like, can say about it. That's it. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's I have a backup. I'd like to throw out a few. One of you guys that mentioned just because that's some fun stats I saw about them. All right, as well. Who do you got for most disappointing, Rob? I did have pits. Yeah, I did have pits. Like, I was, I, and it felt like extra disappointing to me because, like, last year I was kind of out on him, uh, mostly, mostly just because of the rookie tight end kind of thing. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't think he's really going to exceed. Um, you know, his, 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 uh, ADP and he kind of didn't like, he had a super awesome rookie year for, for yeah. a rookie tight end, but like, he still like, he fin- he finished that perfect spot where like everyone pretty much was victory lapping him. It felt like, um, so yeah. heading into this year though, I was completely sold and I was all in, I was drafting him every time in the third round, pretty much if he, if he was there in the third round, I was snagging him up. Um, so yeah, he's been, he's been, uh, really rough. Yeah, definitely. And I, I had Pitts as my top pick there. I did have a couple uh, of that I wanted to mention. Brian, go ahead and mention yours first. I got fu- two more guys fu- I wanted to mention. Funny, the comment that Cal just made. And that's not Harris. So yeah. uh, what is that? Um, I think it was Jake Larkey. Or is his name Jake Larkey? Who posted that on Twitter recently? So 51, uh, 51 running backs have hit 15.2 fantasy points in a game this year. Uh, Najee Harris is not one of them. Daniel <laughs> Jones has more rushing yeah, yards than and touchdowns. Uh, Braxton Berrios <laughs> has more rushing touchdowns than Najee Harris, and he is last in the league in yards for attempt. Yeah, mm. yeah, it was brutal. Mm. I had him on my list, and the only other guy I had there is because he went 101 or 102 is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, if you drafted him, you're not happy right now. I know he still has a chance to sort of come back and have a good season, but so far it hasn't been good. I know injury-related, he missed two games, but even before he went out, uh, he wasn't yeah. doing you any favors. So, But yeah, I agree with the ones that y'all mentioned already. All right, let's go with the most surprising award, Rob. What you got? I'm going to go with Geno Smith. Um, you know, <laughs> I feel like heading into the year, basically everyone was leaving Seattle players just for dead at this point with Russ gone. Um, I know I was pretty down on, on DK. I was pretty down on Lockett. I've always been a Lockett guy, and uh, I was pretty down on Lockett. I do have him in a couple spots just because he just free fell. I mean, um, but yeah, Geno Smith, he's just been unreal. I think he's QB seven right now, almost yep. 19 points per game. Uh, he's leading the NFL in completion percentage, true completion percentage, play action completion percentage, clean pocket per- completion percentage. Um, he's like fourth in QBR and uh, true pass rating. Like he's been legit good. Um, it's in, it's not something I ever expected heading into the year that I'd be saying that this guy, Geno Smith, all of a sudden just became good. So yeah. it's been, it's been a huge surprise. Yeah, it definitely has. And then I, I still have a hard time buying in. I know like it's been a few weeks where it's been the <laughs> Geno Smith chalk week for, for DraftKings, And I've not played him cause I just, it's Geno Smith. Something's going to happen, but yeah. he keeps producing over and over and over again. Uh, and I think he has the quote of the year, too. When he said everyone wrote him off, he just didn't write them back. That's the quote of the year for me right now. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> it was so great. Ryan, what you got? Uh, I was that I was going to say that one, but I'm going to pivot <laughs> and go with so much, it's just so easy this year. It's a low hanging fruit. Um, yeah. David and Joku. He was yeah. out of that great tight end class that almost entirely flopped. He was kind of left for dead. We thought he was going to get caught. We thought Austin Hooper was on to take his spot this year. And he is on his way to by far, even with the possible three to five games that he's going to miss with the angle sprain, probably having the best season of his career. And he's somebody you actually can feel comfortable starting, which is shocking because we've seen 
ooh, I don't know, seven years, six years to him now, and he hasn't done really anything. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. That's definitely a good one. I, and I had the same guys. I had Gene Smith right at the top of my list. Uh, I do want to mention, uh, as an honorable mention, is Josh Jacobs. Uh, everybody kind of wrote yeah. him off, especially when they drafted a running back. And then that first preseason game, he didn't even touch, or they ran the ball a ton with him. Thinking that oh he's the he's the backup if they're not you know playing their starters and the whole narrative around that and he's come out uh, I I think last I checked I think he's like RB four right now he's just just crushing it uh, so Josh Jacobs is sort of an honorable mention and um, two more that I had on there uh, just because the narratives around them Jalen Hurts you know I, I think he was a QB one last year anyway but I do think people thought that he was going to be a good NFL quarterback and potentially could get benched well. That has been put to rest. There's definitely no question that he's the quarterback there. Uh, and then Christian Kirk, changing teams, going to Jacksonville. Um, people didn't think that he could be a number one receiver. Well, he's proven that wrong. He got that big contract. A lot of hate came with that contract. But, you know, he may not be paying that contract off uh, completely, but he definitely is a lot better than I expected him to be. So those are my honorable mentions. All right, this next one was tough for me. I don't know if it was tough for y'all because I don't know if we've had that guy yet. Uh, but best waiver wire ad, Ryan, who do you have? Um, I think it's going to be Eno Benjamin. I think we've seen a little bit of a surprising production out of him with James Conner being down. There haven't been a ton of guys. Like you said, there hasn't been a ton of guys in the waivers yet. But the last couple of weeks, he's been startable. Is either a flex option or RB2. He almost cracked, he cracked 100 total yards last week. That's what you want out of someone who's in the waivers. And in that offense, he, he's going to have scoring opportunities. And he's getting decent enough volume with his breakaway ability to be good fantasy. Yeah, I like it. That's a good one. What about you, Rob? Who do you have? Yeah, this one was tough for me, too, because I, I, I was trying to think back to, like, all the waiver writer articles I did each week. And um, so this guy that I put down kind of, I don't know how, how well it, it fits the narrative, but I put Kenneth Walker just because, like, he was, I mean, he was drafted in most leagues, but then, Dropped you know, in most leagues. <laughs> had that injury. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the thing, is he got that injury early on in the preseason uh, missed the first game. Even when he came back, he only played 23% of snaps, 13% of snaps, 36% of snaps. Penny was looking kind of like he was going to be the guy. Um, and I know then Penny, when Penny went down in week five, um, you know, I, when I do the waiver wire article, I, my threshold is anything basically under 50%. And he was, he was rostered at under 50% of Yahoo League mm-hmm. at the time. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> it was, it was need, shocking need- to me. I need to do more Yahoo leagues, man. <laughs> exactly, <God>. exactly. <laughs> but it was it was pretty shocking to me, and so um, he wasn't available in, in a ton of mine, but he was available in some. And I mean, I at that point, I just emptied the clip on the on the fab, put yeah. my entire fab on a, on any any league that he was available in mine. Um, but yeah, it was. I thought it was a tough one too because it's it's hard to tell who's, especially who's going to be valuable rest of the year. But clearly for me, like Kenneth Walker, obviously, right mentioned it earlier about uh you know rookie of the year and things so the guy's been rb8 and rb3 i think the past two weeks like yeah. so i mean he's just, he's a stud and he should have that that uh top end top 10 value rest of the year i like it uh, i had two names written down and and i don't know how much these guys are going to have in the second half of the season this is definitely a first half award um i had devin mm-hmm. duvernay uh for the ravens yeah. who's been who's been really good surprising uh Ryan, why you why you got that face, Ryan? <laughs> why you got that face? Because I because I, I, I want more Duvernay in my life. Yeah, like I want them to use him. Everywhere. It 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 makes me sad that he's not used more. Yeah, he is very exciting. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah. Is. I'm just a fan of him in general. Yeah, for so, sure. 
And then the other one I had, ironically, came from my team, Jeff Wilson Jr. Obviously, he lost Elijah Mitchell <laughs> yeah. early, and Jeff Wilson came in and <laughs> kind of saved you if you got him off waivers. So uh, those were the two that I had written down. That right. was a good one. Let's go uh, breakout award, Rob. Who you have? So, yeah, um, I went with Ramondre Stevenson in this one. Uh, he's currently RB10, uh, like 16 and a half points per game. I mean, he was he was good last year when he got the role, but it wasn't very much that he uh, got the full-time role. Um, and he started slow, but now he's got double-digit points, five straight games now, and 20-plus uh, in four straight. He had an 80-plus percent snap share in the games that Harris missed. And then this past week, Harris returned. He still had 73%, uh, even with Harris back. And then he, he, he's been running a ton of routes as well. Now, I'm not sure if it's just gonna, if it was just a situation of Harris being eased back first week off injury could be um but i i do think ramondre is just i just think he's better he's um and i do think even if harris starts to see 10 plus carries again ramondre is going to be the guy that's still probably going to get 10 plus carries and also be involved in the past game so i think he's he's uh even with harris back uh as a startable rb2 rest of the year um and if harris does happen to miss i mean he's a surefire top end guy yeah, it's crazy, right? The 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 pass catching back is Ramondre Stevenson. Like, who had that in the offseason, right? I mean, we, yeah, two hundred forty pound pass catching back. Yeah, that's right? insane. Like when I when I first heard that they were using him in the James White role in the offseason, like, ah, it's just offseason. They're just you know trying some things out. There's no way he gets that passing role, but sure enough, he does have it. So that's pretty crazy. Ryan, who you got for your breakout? Uh, uh, after a quick pivot, because I was 100% just <laughs> to rave about Ramondre Stevenson. Rob, I love all of your takes. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to appreciate on this because he kind of he broke out last year as a rookie, but he had some serious questions about him now with uh, the addition of Tyreek Hill. Like, I think we kind of thought that Jalen Waddle was just good because he got 160 targets last year. But guess what? He's sitting there wide receiver seven right now, and that's with the addition of Tyreek Hill. They're like he's a full blown superstar at that wide receiver position, and I For sure. don't know if he's quite getting uh, looked at like that yet. And I think it's a breakout, and we're just seeing the beginning of it. Yeah, I like. But it. I really wanted Roger Stevenson. So yeah, he definitely was on my list as well. And we already talked about Njoku. He was on my list. Uh, and I had Jalen Hurts. I know I talked about him a little bit already, but again, I mean, he was a fringe uh, QB1. He's now, I think, QB3, if I remember correctly, and he's already had his bye week. So uh, Hurts has been been phenomenal. And, you know, it's not just with his legs. Now he's doing it with his arm as well. He's got AJ, you know, AJ Brown there. So uh, he was one. And then I had Miles Sanders, too, just thrown into the mix. I do think he's finally getting the volume that we want. He's not putting up monster numbers yet, but I do think if he can continue that volume, uh, Sanders can also have a nice little breakout. All right, so the last award of the night, I kind of divided into two pieces. It's the it's the fantasy MVP, but this could be taken two different ways. You know, your MVP could be your top guy that you took, and he just happens to perform like you expected him to, uh, or he could be a late round guy that you drafted. So we d- I divided it into two different parts. So the first one is uh, an MVP for guys drafted in the in rounds one and two. Ryan, who you got for this one? Uh, I am taking Stephon Diggs for my guy, taking rounds one and two. Yes, he's wide receiver one, which is awesome, but it's the way he got there because he has zero games under 10 PPR points. He produces on a week-in, week-out basis, 
and he's had over 20 points in four of his six games already. Like, that's the consistency I want out of an early round pick. And the fact he's done it and he has the upside where he can have a 40 point game, that's what I want. And that's the MVP for me, especially because he's in that early round two and round one range. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I think in Superflex leagues, there was uh, a couple times where I saw. You know, Josh Allen goes 101, and then it came back when he got Stephon Diggs. He got the stack there at the 212, which is You're just set. beautiful right there. All right, Rob, what you, got for, your, oh. what, what you got for your round uh, one and two? I don't two? know if I was going to Yeah, so it's funny. Uh, now now uh, Ryan stole my one on this one. Uh, I, <laughs> I went with Diggs as well, but I'm going <laughs> to... I'm I'm going to pivot. Um, it's just the thing, the thing with Diggs, too, the other point that I loved is, like, not only... Could you uh, get the, uh, the the stack like that? That was possible at times. A lot of people I saw, and um, I know I did this myself in some leagues, was um, double tap uh, basically Diggs and Kelsey. So that was like a, a, nice, a yeah. nice option as well. And I mean, you do something like that, whether you got the Allen Diggs or the Diggs-Kelsey situation, like you're, you're looking real good. But um, I'm going to say Austin Eckler. Uh, I mean, he was, he was going kind of mid-first round. Um, and uh, He's just been unreal. I mean, he started off a little bit slow, but even even when he started off slow, uh, he was getting ten targets, eight targets. The the first week he only had four, but uh, other I mean, he was still heavily involved. Um, I wasn't too worried personally, and he was scoring double digit PPR points without touchdowns and with low rushing yardage. Like that's how you know a guy has a massive, massive floor. Um, and in a good offense, the touchdowns were going to come. And obviously, you know, in the last four weeks, he's had it off 35, 39, 36, 25. I mean, he's been an absolute stud. He's averaging like 25, 26 a game. He's RB one. Um, so yeah, he's following up an awesome year with an even better one, basically. Yeah, that was my second choice. Yeah, say so Eckler was yeah. the choice that I had <laughs> written down there. I was actually going to say that a couple of my best ball leagues, you know, if Jonathan Taylor didn't go one hundred one, I was taking Austin Eckler one hundred one in some of those leagues. Yeah, um, I just thought he had that tremendous upside with the targets you mentioned, and he's definitely performed there. I got him at one hundred three, one hundred four in most of the leagues that I do own him. So. Uh, he's paid yeah. off handsomely, uh, and then the other one you mentioned, Travis Kelsey, is another one that I think's been been doing. You know, everyone talked like, "Oh, Tyreek Hill's gone. What's his offense going to look like?" You know, are they going to double team Kelsey? And the answer is yes, but it doesn't matter if he's still throwing the ball. He's still catching <laughs> touchdowns. There's so, no stopping that man. Yeah, he's he's unbelievable. He's a monster. All right, now let's do our late round MVP, and I'll go to you first, Rob. Yeah, so for this one, don't, don't um, take my guy. Oh, oh, a lot of pressure here. A lot of pressure. <laughs> I went with uh, Chris Olave on this one as well. Um, and he, I mean, we talked about him before, but he's been awesome. He had that slow week one, but was, you know, double digits since. Um, and uh, he was he was going outside the top 100 overall, uh, outside top 40 wide receivers. And I think he's just a clear cut. Yeah, must start every week pretty much at this point. And I mean, even if Michael Thomas comes back, it could muddy up, up things a little bit. But Olave has just been so good. I just think he's 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 so good that like yeah. you just want to play him. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know if Ryan gave this stat or one of our guests, that Chris Olave uh, led college last year in, in yard separation, and he's showing in the NFL. I mean, he's getting separation. He's, you know, three, four, five, six yards in front of his guy in some cases. So, yeah, yeah. He's, he's been he's crushing it. All right, Ryan, who you got for your late round MVP? I, w- I went super late round. I went pick 167 in most drafts, ADP, and that gave you the RB16 in Jamal Williams. Like he was probably he's probably my most my roster too. player in fantasy, same, and same. he has 
like I said, he's been consistently playing. He has standalone value even when DeAndre Swift is there. He's been playable as a flex option. And while he's out, he's a guy you can start as RB2 every week and be happy. And where you drafted him at, he's free. He was free. free. Like, Dude. you can't beat that. 100%. It's, it's funny because he was, he was the next one that I was on my list. And he was my most drafted on underdog. Uh, By far. This, nice. Yeah, for sure. He was just free. Like you said, it was crazy. Yeah, he was at the top of my list. He was the one I was going to mention, but uh, I'll just mention the two of the guys I had written down. Christian Kirk, I think I mentioned him earlier. He's performing pretty well. He was drafted really late. No one expected him to be that good. Uh, and then you mentioned earlier Tyler Lockett. Um, he's been you know, way yeah. better than we expected him to be. He fell pretty late in drafts as well. Uh, and if you drafted him, you're pretty This is happy. a conversation we have every year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For like the past like six years, yeah. every year. It's like this time, like, wow, Tyler Lockett's a lot better than we drafted yeah. every time. Are <laughs> yeah. we ever going to freaking learn? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he is definitely that, that under overlooked guy all the time. All right, guys. Uh, today's show is brought to you by No House Advantage. It's changing the game. Play Pick'em Style Contest for a shot to win 150K. Uh, get the No House Advantage app. Use our promo code GF2 to get a deposit match up to $25. Bet up to five player props, over-unders, and individual player matchups across every major sports league, including MMA, NASCAR, and PGA. Again, use our promo code GF2 at NoHouseAdvantage.com or get the app at the App Store. Get your first deposit match because at No House Advantage, it's not how you play, but where you play. Going for two live and PlayPickup.com present the Pickup Props of the Week. Of the Week. All right, guys, you know how this works. I put these props up in the Discord, uh, courtesy of playpickup.com, and uh, we're going to talk about them tonight. We'll go ahead and go with this first one here. Uh, more receiving yards week eight, Ryan. Jalen Waddle versus Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, Jalen Waddle. I know, I know Amon Ross, they said, didn't have a concussion <laughs> and wasn't hurt, but I know Waddle's healthy and. He's been on a tear, and Miami has a good defense, and the Lions have a what bottom three defense in the league who have given up a ton of points. Waddle's going to freaking eat. Yeah. What about you, Rob? Who are you going with here? Man, this one this was tough for me because um, I love Amonra so much. <laughs> so, like, I did put Amonra. I did vote for Amonra, actually, um, and I know it wasn't the popular choice. I just – I do think – it could end up being a situation of game script where um, they just Miami might end up getting ahead and Amandra just gets a lot of late, late uh, garbage time kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Amandra, but it does not feel great. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, actually, I voted um, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown as well. And I believe I, th- I think I checked this, but they're playing at home, right? They're they're in Detroit. Yeah. And if you look at Jared Goff's numbers, his splits between home and away, it's like night and day. And I do think mm-hmm. that Jared Goff at home plays well. I'm on Ross St. Brown's his guy. Uh, you mentioned they're probably going to be down in this game, throwing it a ton. So I, I'm going to go with I'm on Ross St. Brown in this one. Uh, the Discord obviously agrees with Jalen Waddle. They went uh, 71%. Uh, I'm sorry, they went, J- yeah, Jalen Waddle 71%. Uh, they chose them. Uh, all right, the next one we got is who will lead the Packers in Bills game in rushing yards? Your options are Singletary, Allen, uh, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, or other. Who do you got, Rob? Who <laughs> this one? This one's a interesting one. The Brutal. fact that they include Allen yeah. is just what, all you need to know about <laughs> yeah. these running back. I'm going to go with Aaron Jones though. Um, 
I've always been lower on on Singletary as is, um, and I just think I just think Aaron Jones is the most talented of this of this group. So I'm just gonna hope that that plays out and uh, he can gash some get some big gains, some chunk gains, and uh, be efficient. So I'm gonna go with Aaron Jones. Yeah, I looked at Aaron Jones and thought about it, and if it was total yards, he would have been a smash. I, I was a little yeah, scared because yeah. he doesn't get as much running rushing yards as, as we would hope. What about you, Ryan? Um, I want I want to go Aaron Jones. I think he'll have more receiving yards than rushing yards this game because okay. game script and how good the Bills been against the run. So I'm going to go take Allen. Like, <laughs> and it's going to be like fifty or sixty yards. Yeah, but. It's not going to be much, but I'm going to go to Allen just for the fact he's it's part of his game and a huge part of it. And I'm sure he's going to want to put on a show against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so I went a different route. I actually uh, agree with the consensus here on Discord and went Devin Singletary. Uh, and really, it's, I Gross. think, game script. I think, uh, <laughs> I think yeah, in the fourth quarter, I think it's going to be... <laughs> Never Devin Singletary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think they're stalling the game away in the fourth quarter. Singletary's getting the ball a ton at the end of the game, and I think he puts up more rushing yards than the rest of those guys there. Last one here, uh, and this one hurts a little bit. Uh, over under 49 and a half receiving yards for DJ Moore. What do you got, Rob? DJ Moore is my guy. I got to go over. I got to go over. I mean, I think I saw a stat out there with, uh, it was talking about with and without uh, Christian McCaffrey. And DJ Moore, like it was, it was more geared towards fantasy points, but I think it was like nine with and like 12 or something like without. So, um, I do think like, it's not that much of a coincidence that he was had his best game as soon as McCaffrey's gone. I do think they're going to try to feature him a lot more, or at least, I mean, at least try to, um, and we'll see about that. And then Atlanta, I think Atlanta's letting up the most fantasy, at least the most fantasy points to the wide receivers right now. And I believe they're playing at Atlanta. Which um, again, that should be in a dome, and yeah. I always, I always love targeting games, passing offenses in a dome. So I'm going to go with the over here. All right, going over. Ryan, what you got here? Over 49 and a half rush or passing or receiving yards for DJ Moore. <laughs> I'm going to go over because one, it's Atlanta. Two, I just love DJ Moore, and I want it to happen. Yeah. I'm willing it into existence, and, and it's not Baker in there, so I have some faith. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> no ahead. Baker. He's the only one who can make non quarterback, who can make quarterback proof wide receivers, not quarterback proof. Yeah. He, yeah. he is essentially a career killer. It's unbelievable. Yeah, 100% agree. And I'm with y'all as well. I'm going over on this one, and, and it's more with my heart than my head. Um, I think uh, PJ Walker's starting again, right? They haven't cleared yeah. anybody to. Yeah. 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 So I wouldn't bet it. Yeah, I wouldn't bet like, it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet this. No. I wouldn't bet this, but if we're just saying what we want to happen, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going over. <laughs> Discord agrees at a 75 to 25% clip, so uh, DJ Moore over 50 yards, basically. All right, let's get to some breakout or fake out. Breakout or fake out? All right, so typically when we do breakout or fake out, we're talking about guys that just came out of the weekend with the hot game, and we're talking about are they breaking out, you know, are they going to fake us out? But this time I want to look at it going into the second half of the season. Uh, you know, breakouts being uh, guys that we think can break out that haven't done a whole lot the first half of the season, and then fake outs, guys that have been pretty good the first half of the season that we think are going to fall off. Uh, and I'll go to you first here, Rob. Give me one of your uh, breakouts. Yeah, so I think, uh, Jeff, you had mentioned them. Um early on Travis Etienne, and um so you know obviously started out slow 
J-Rob had those a couple big games in a row. Um, people were freaking out a little bit about, about ETN and uh, his usage and things. Um, and then last week, Snapshare spiked up to 82%. Um, and it was the first time it was seen that large. And then obviously now we got J-Rob dealt. So I think they're starting to turn it over. They're realizing how, how explosive of a playmaker he is. Um, he's got three straight weeks, over 100 total yards now. Um, I loved him heading in. I mean, I just thought he was a, a great uh, running back, and especially in terms of being a pass catcher and being involved in the passing game. And I think we're going to see that moving forward. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty bullish on ETN rest of the season. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, ETN's great, and and I was I was all over ETN last week in my DFS lineups too because he was I thought he was due for a huge game, and he had that. So, yeah. um, love ETN going forward. Ryan, who you got for your breakout? Um. I love that one, by the way. I just talk about him too much, so I didn't say yeah. it. Um, uh, I'm going Rashad White. It may be a hunch. It may be something, but this team needs a spark. He's an electric pass catcher out of the backfield. And this, with the way their offensive line looks and Brady kind of just trying to fight to survive back there, a guy with that receiving ability out of the backfield could be really big from here on out. It's kind of a breakout dart throw, but I really want to take that chance on him. Good stuff. Yeah, I thought I would have the dark horse one. That was definitely more dark horse than my guy. Uh, <laughs> my guy is Wandell Robinson. Uh, we've seen the Giants try to get him the ball. I think he had eight targets last week. Um, it was the first time that he actually played over half of the snaps. Uh, even the game where he had that touchdown, he only played like 16 or 14 snaps. Uh, they're trying to get him involved, trying to find creative ways to get him the ball in, in space, and he's electric when he has the ball in his hands. And that receiving core is so banged up. I mean, they basically don't have anybody else, so it's Wandell or nobody. So uh, I think Wandell Robinson going forward is going to be a pretty good piece to have. All right, let's go. Uh, let's do. Uh, let's do one fake out. So uh, we'll go to you first again, Rob. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Miles Sanders here. Um, it might be a little oh. little controversial. <laughs> I've I've loved Miles Sanders like as a player. Um, the thing I get concerned about, especially like PPR leagues for me, I always get concerned when guys are living more on efficiency and touchdowns and things like that. I mean, he's in a great offense to do it. Obviously, the, the Eagles offense has been incredible. Um, I mean, with Jalen Hurts, they're going to probably stay awesome. The thing that always concerns me about running or uh, running backs with running quarterbacks is we see how much Jalen Hurts gets into the end zone himself. Yep. So like. And he doesn't, and he also, you know, if he's dropping back to pass and he gets pressured, he, I feel like he's much more likely to break container and take off than he is to check down. I mean, Miles Sanders only has 42 receiving yards on the year. Yep. So to me, he has such a low floor if you're not getting that high end efficiency and that, and that touchdown. Um, now, if obviously he could just keep scoring touchdowns and living on efficiency, but that's something that's like really tough for me. So I, I personally, like, I don't have him in a whole lot of leagues, but I've been trying to move him while I can. Yeah, that's a really good point about the running quarterbacks because you're right. I mean, they, their first instinct when they're in trouble is not to check it down, is to take off and run. So um, exactly. those are some, some dump-offs that, that Sanders won't get because of that. All right, Ryan, what you got for a fake-out? Uh, it's going to be the Washington Commanders' backfield, the combination of Antonio Gibson and Brian <laughs> Robinson. And they both seemed good. They both seemed bad. The thing is, their offensive line stinks. They're 26th in yards created for their running backs. Uh, both of them are super inefficient, effective. The team's not good playing from behind a lot. It's they both cannibalize off each other in similar ways. Either Robinson's a little bit better, or Gibson's a better pass catcher. 
Robinson's going to get more red zone care attempts, and there's not going to be many of them because, again, they stink. Um, but you don't want a running back in a bad offense, especially a running back who's in a timeshare in a bad offense. Especially, and you got J.D. McKissick in there stealing a little bit of work. It's a nightmare. I want nothing to do with any of them. And I think the hype we had on them is dead for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It's, it's, it's a three-headed monster I want no part of. Uh, so my guy uh, it's kind of uh, sort of uh, let the cat out of the bag in his last week because it kind of already started to happen. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, is my guy. You know, he kind of he didn't even start the game this past week. The big news was that Pacheco was going to start, which he did. Uh, and then Edwards-Hilaire saw a season low and snap percentage. Uh, you know, he's kind of one of those guys, like you mentioned, living on efficiency. Even when he was doing really yeah. well, he was getting the touchdowns and not getting a lot of snaps and touches. So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is my guy that I'm going to basically be uh, – if I own him, I'm trying to sell him now while I can, uh, but I wouldn't go out and try to get him for sure. So he's my guy. Uh, we got time for let's do uh, let's do one more one more round. Uh, we'll go breakout again, Rob. Yeah. So breakout for me, another one I had was Drake London. Um, you know, Ryan had mentioned it earlier about the he started off started off hot and uh, he had three awesome games in a row. Um, and I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's just, uh, I honestly, I think it's just an Arthur Smith thing at this point. Like they're running so much and yeah, they've been successful, but I just don't, I don't see that continuing. Um, I think they're going to have to throw more than what they have. And, you know, I think in, I saw that Drake London was one of only three or one of only eight, um, wide receivers that has both a 30% target share and a 30% air yardage share. So, and the rest of them basically all studs. So, I think as long as they tick up in the passing game, um, I mean, they're running at a, like a st- historic rate. So yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy. I just don't think that's going to continue. So as long as the uh, pass volume ticks up and he keeps that kind of uh, those, those shares, uh, I think he could be in for a big second half. I like it. Ryan, breakout. I'm going with a guy who I have, well, it's not going to say trashed, but have <laughs> been v- very adamant about him, his breakout not happening. For the past year, a couple of years, and that's Tony Pollard. Oh, I th- think we're at that point with Zeke having possible torn MCL, where Pollard is going to actually get the role that we want to see him have. Zeke there caused it. A healthy Zeke makes it so that doesn't happen. But if he can take that role and actually be what people believe he is, he may not give it back. And that's when I have a chance to believe in him. In the past, I didn't because the opportunity wasn't there. But now it is. It's his chance, time to shine. I like it. Uh, so my other breakout, uh, I'm going rookie receiver again. And the guy we haven't talked about tonight that's been showing up big is Mr. George Pickens. Uh, he's finally starting to show the talent that we all know he had. Uh, quarterbacks are targeting him finally. He's made some of the you know best catches we've ever seen, you know this year at least. Um, so Pickens, I think, is going to have wheels up. I, that offense does still scare me, but you know I, I still think he's going to get his targets. He'll get his... He's too talented not to. So George Pickens will be my second half breakout. Let's do one uh, fake out, and then we'll get to our last segment. So don't worry, Kyle. We're getting to it. I haven't cut it off the show. Um, We'll go to you first this time, Ryan. Give me your fake out. Well, mine was – I had two. You took mine with CEH. Yeah, that was one of my other ones. I don't know if I consider it a fake out because he hasn't done anything good this year, but we all – everyone thought he was, and it's A.J. Dillon. Yeah, like I just see no way where that offense and he picks it back up. 
they're just not efficient in any way, shape, or form. Unless the pass game, unless the pass game improves, his the run game doesn't improve with him. I just don't see it. Aaron Jones has a stranglehold on actually be a good running back. So I think <laughs> any thought we had on him is fake out. Any future breakout this year is also not real. Yeah, good stuff. Do you have another fake out, Rob? Yeah, it's funny because I had Ch. He was my third one, but um, I'm I'm gonna go with Brent Ayuk. Um, I kind of like Brent Ayuk, but I just think like we've already seen, you know, that offense, uh, you know, just pass volume is going to be up and down. They're a team that wants to run the ball. Um, there was already, you know, led by Jimmy G. So you, you only have so much to go around really, really as is. And you got guys like Debo and Kittle. And now you add CMC to the mix. Um, I don't, it's not like I think Ayuk is going to be terrible. I just think it's going to be a lot more inconsistent and um, I think he, I think he's talented, but I just think there's only so much to go around. I think the team's going to be good. I think they're going to uh, give a lot of work to CMC. So outside of any injuries, I kind of think, um, you know, I could be at his highest point in terms of uh, value on the year. Yeah, I'm with you and I'm a big IU guy. I loved IU coming into the season. Um, yeah. But yeah, with CMC there, Devo getting the, you know, what he's getting. And yeah. And then Kittle's coming around. So yeah, Ayuk is going to be the odd man out, unfortunately. I do think he's super talented. He'll have his boom game like he did a couple weeks yep. ago where he had two touchdowns, but it's going to be hard to predict those games. Uh, all right. So my last fake out, I know we talked about him earlier that we don't give him any respect. And I'm going to continue to not give him any respect. And that's Tyler Lockett. Uh, and it's nothing against Tyler Lockett. I just think the Geno Smith train has to fall off eventually. I think it's going to happen eventually. And I think uh, Lockett's the one that's going to hurt yeah. the most. So you really want to say Geno Smith and Tyler Lockett catches a stray? <laughs> it's messed up, man. <laughs> yeah. I just think Lockett is probably in the starting lineup in most teams where I don't think Geno has quite made it to the starting lineup just yet. So I think Lockett was the one that's going to hurt. Uh, the most if you have major wide receiver. I've started him almost every week in Scott Fishball and Gino. So yeah, that's shush. a different that's a different kind of <laughs> league though. <laughs> that's a different kind of league. All right. So let's get to the final segment of the night. Get ready for going for two.com's Forgotten Fantasy Player of the Week. All right, Rob, I'm going to give you no, no pressure here. We've been doing this segment now for almost five years. And we've heard a lot of guys here, so uh, you got to come strong Ooh. here. Who do you got? Man, man, no pressure at all. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Chris Johnson, CJ2K. Nice. Um, yeah, so he was a guy that was like kind of near and dear to my heart uh, back when I – it was – he was kind of came on like a little bit after I started playing, probably 2006. And uh, he was drafted in 2008. But in my longest running home league, um, it's a keeper league. And we, uh, we were yeah, basically drafting guys. And then you keep them in the same round as you drafted them the previous year. So rookie year, I drafted him ninth round. Um, he finished top 12. So then I kept him in the, as a ninth rounder heading into the next year. And that was that legendary season 2000. where he rushed for 2,000 yards. Yep. Yep. So he, he, uh, and he was the RB1 far and away, averaging 26 a game. Um, and yeah, I mean, it felt like every week, just the highlights were insane. Um, and he, uh, he was just, I mean, he was just breaking big play after big play. He was so electric, so explosive. He was in, involved in the past game too, which was nice too. And I mean, he had over 20, he was just under 2,500, uh, total yards that year, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I won the championship in that league that year. So like, it was extra special for me. I actually, I, I bought a, uh, Fathead. I don't even know if those are around anymore, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> and uh, so I had the I had the fathead because like 
all my buddies were always coming over uh, during that time of my nice. life. So I had the I had the fat head, and you know, every time they came over, they're just a fat head, a <laughs> CJ two K sitting right there, and I'd awesome. I'd, I'd uh, remind them about it all the time, let them hear it. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, so it, it was fun. And the thing is, though, he was actually pretty good. Um, a bunch of other years, I think he had six straight like thousand yard rushing years to start his career, and like six straight fourteen hundred yard. So yeah, uh, yeah, he uh, he 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 was uh, he was awesome. I'm, I miss him. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like one of those trivia question guys that you can't ever get when they ask you know who are the two thousand yard rushers in the NFL history. I feel like a lot of them you reel off pretty quickly. He's the one that people always forget about having right. that two thousand yard season. He had the he had the nickname though. Yeah, he did have the two K. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, I mean, he was awesome. I loved yeah. him. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, that's good stuff. That wraps the show up, fellas. We'll go around the room really quick. Uh, give us your Twitter handle if you want to plug anything. Uh, Rob, I'll go to you first. Yeah, follow me uh, on Twitter at Norton0723. Um, you got, got a few articles uh, coming out early week, coming out late week for Last Word on Sports and uh, Betting Predators. So, uh, yeah, and then I'll be doing, uh, I do usually a couple podcasts and uh, things like that. So be on the lookout. Good stuff. And just on that note, too, guys, if you're in the Discord, Rob puts a lot of his stuff there in the Verified Analyst chat. So if you're uh, if you're on Discord, you can find his stuff there as well. Ryan, what you got? Uh, find me on Twitter, Fox534. You guys know the rest. I'm good. <laughs> I, I don't feel like plugging anything. <laughs> All right. Uh, as always, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77. And uh, since Kyle's in the chat here, I want him to relay this message. Uh, check out the Friday 830 show uh, B League's Pick'ems. Uh, he gives me a hard time because I don't ever promote the shows enough. Uh, so I'm going to promote his show at nausea now. Uh, but he does uh, underdog picks on uh, 8.30, and it's more than just picks. I mean, the B-League, if you see him on the Monday night uh, pregame show, he's just entertaining as hell. He's the only guy that I've ever seen that, that you know, can make a one-man podcast, you know, <laughs> super hilarious and, and fun to watch. Uh, so definitely check it out. It's on the Gopher 2 Live Network, 8.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the, so if you play underdog and you do the pickums, he definitely is a, a, a good watch. All right, uh, for Rob, for Ryan, I'm Jeff, and uh, we will see y'all next week.